Hey there, I'm Sarah Thwaites and this is Our Mind Made, a space where we discuss the curiosities of life, seek to ask more beautiful questions and share thoughts and stories which bind us together. This first season is based around books and key learnings that the Our Mind Club members have experienced through their time reading. Within each episode, there will also be a mini meditation I have lovingly made for you, drawing on wisdom from the book. In this episode, we will be snuggling up together to unpack Mike Viking's book, The Little Book of Hygge, The Danish Way to Live Well. In Mike's book, he talks all things Hygge, but first, I have an exciting treat for us. Welcome to our special guest, Mig Eight. He's the director of Geelong Media and is also the co-host of The Sustainable Hour, a podcast discussing all things climate change and climate solutions, which I believe is up to episode number 459. Pretty darn impressive. Mick is also a proud dad of three teenagers and he is my very lovely Danish neighbour, which to me makes him an expert on all things Danish. Since our book of the month is all about the Danish concept of hygge, I've asked Mick to help me out today with number one, pronouncing it, and then also to share with us what the heck it actually is so we can discuss the book and our key takeaways, saying the word correctly, and hopefully getting the feeling or concept right too. Mick, welcome, and thanks for opening this conversation today. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure. And uh, for this time to talk about something that's really close to my heart, it's where I come from, it's part of my culture, and it's interesting to be asked that question, because it's something, actually, when you grow up with a certain word, and everyone just takes it for granted, you never think of it as anything special. It's only as it has happened, uh, when some foreigners came to Denmark, and English-speaking people were wondering, what does that word mean? And they started writing books about it. And it became a, a New York bestseller at some point that some foreigner had written a book about Hugo. And that's how you pronounce it, Hugo. Try to say after me, Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, close. And and I think you're, you're much better than what I normally hear, because most people say Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand that we say the, the why in a different way. I'll say it one more time. Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. How can I liken it to something in the English language? I, I, you probably can't. Ah, you know, classic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo. Yeah, Hugo. Yeah, that's very good. Hugo. Yeah. So it's the little book of Hugo. The little book of Hugo. Perfect. Okay. And so what about some of those extender words like Hugo, Ligt? There's 15 different extensions of the one word that kind of mean yeah, the same thing. So, so the, and that's true because the, the word can be both something that you do but it can also like you say if you compared it with uh, snuggle uh, then there would be uh, should we snuggle tonight you know that's snuggle. a snuggle yeah. <laughs> i thought you said snorkel no. <laughs> i was like okay let's go snorkeling no but so snuggling, it becomes a yeah. verb and and that's because it's so embedded in what we do i think maybe we should just explain and this is difficult to explain in australia because australia is so full of light and sunshine and blue skies and so on. Up in the north of Europe, Denmark, for instance, even further north, Norway, Sweden and so on, most of the winter is really, really dark because the, the sun goes down at four o'clock in the afternoon and it comes up next morning at nine o'clock. So the nights are very long. There's a lot of darkness. And at, on top of that, Coldness, weather which is often rainy, snowy, hailing, windy, 
You're really basically, not selling it to me. <laughs> basically, basically a, a place that can be really unpleasant in terms of the weather. What the Danes, I think, have done, and this is probably thousands of years ago, to survive that climate is to invent ways of coping with it and turning bad weather and darkness into something that is a positive. It's a positive in one way, and that is in the way we come closer together. And hygge is always associated with a candlelight. So there is a bit of light in there. In the old days, maybe it has been a fire, and the candle is just a symbol of that we sit around the fire. It's dark, it's cold outside, but we are together. And then there's a sort of positivity around that mm-hmm. that makes you look forward to even those nights where it's raining. You can hear the rain on the window and we have a bit of good food mm-hmm. and we have prepared this for a little while. We have invited our best friends or it's the family coming together. And now we are going to hygge. And hygge just means basically do very little. Yeah. We're just together. Yeah. We're just together. And we may be watching a movie and then, you know, having a chit chat. Yeah. So it's nothing formal. There's nothing. You would say it's the same that Australians do when they go to the beach. But if you ask the Dane if that was hygge, when Australians sit on a beach and have a barbecue and so on, we would never say that's hygge. Mm. That's not hygge. So the concept of hygge is that it's being together in a simple way, engaging with the elements that are. And the elements that sort of make you cosier and more together, the better. I guess the thing I'm trying to do is synthesize because it sort of is this, like you said, it's it's simple and there's candlelight, but there's layers to it. And it really is sort of quite profound. It is. And and, and again, it's unconscious for a Dane. We didn't realize that hygge was anything special Mm -hmm. until we were suddenly told by foreigners. Until then, it was just part of our culture and and something natural. The happiest culture in the world. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And saying that, I would say maybe not the happiest in the sense of that we're dancing, Mm. you know, having a big party or something, but the most content people in the world. And that is a long story what's behind that. I've talked a lot with my children about that. When we travel to Denmark, we Mm. we look around and we say, "Why, why do these people here, they don't always look happy, but why do they come up as number one or number two on the list of the most happy people on the planet. And I think what I explained to my kids is that the Danes are actually very humble and they don't sort of expect too much. So they don't have big expectations for what will come tomorrow or what will come when we have this event or something. Mm. They just go with the flow. And then if they get positively surprised, it's like, oh, this was amazing. Yeah. You know. And that's sort so, of built into Hygge. 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 A little bit too, because it actually is saying that actually the simpler it is, the more kind of rustic and cosy and just the fact that we're together is enough is all the better for it. So you're stripping away all of that in within so deeply embedded into thousands of years of this culture of hygge. Yeah, and, and hygge is not about performing. No, it's, not a being, it's the opposite of that, exactly. really. Yeah. It's, it's actually, Hugo can be very, very quiet. Hugo mm. can be two people sitting, watching a film, not saying much. But it just, they, they feel good. And it has to be authentic. You can't synthetically create that, which is also what makes it so special too. I don't think we have anything exactly the same here. I think we've got elements of that. But like you said, I think it's part of that is because of the environment and that the fact that it's like we actually have to band together and be together to survive this year on year so you alluded to the fact that you've talked to your children about this what does hygge mean specifically and uniquely to you 
So when I live here in Australia, it, it means, for instance, that in my kitchen you will see some candles, and mm. some of them are actually digital candles, or, or what you call it, because they are on battery, because I don't want to, you know, pollute the air with more smoke, basically, but also because some people are allergic to candlelight and so on. Number one for me, when it's dark and, and when it's cold outside, then I put on the candles in the evening. And sometimes you put something on that smells good. It can either be, you know, something that you burn, but it could also be something that you cook. A stew. Yeah, something. Yeah. And then you sort of already then you create this hoogly atmosphere. A hoogly. Yeah. <laughs> That's just such a good Then it becomes word. an adjective. Yeah. That the atmosphere in the room and in the house becomes mm. hoogly. Mm. And it starts with some low light. For instance, the enemy of Hugo is these I sharp know, lights up in the top uh, of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> that <know>. doesn't work. <laughs> I love that you're like the enemy because it is that important. So for you specifically, it's something, it's a ritual almost that is, is um, embedded in your life that you do every single evening? No, no, no. It would never be every single evening. Oh, that's, so d- that's not possible. Oh, okay. No, it would be, for instance, on a Saturday. You would prepare for it and you would ask the others, what about on Saturday night? Shouldn't we do some hygge? Yeah. You know, and if you make a plan together that we're going to do some hygge, it usually means gathering in the couch. You yeah. know, it's got to be a soft place in the house. It can't, you can't sit on some wooden chair in the kitchen. Well, you could. But it's it's better getting together around the softness of the couch and yeah. and and possibly with the TV on or at least some low music and then this thing about that Hugo is not planned you don't know what will play out you don't have that expectation no. that it has to be a certain no way. it's just a way of feeling it's you could actually maybe translate Hugo to feel good you know <laughs> so we do some feel good tonight you don't do that every night. Mm. But you do it when you have time. And another very important aspect of hygge is you can't rush hygge. Yeah. You cannot have hygge that's sort of like in and out 10 minutes. That's no. not hygge. The other thing is, though, you said you have to have time. But in this sort of culture that we're in where we're time poor, even though we still have the same amount of time that we have from, you know, in terms of literally, we've got 24 hours of a day, but we feel time poor and we have this thing that we've got to use time well. Do you have to make time for hygge? Yes, you do. Yeah. I think so. It's something that, not always. Sometimes you can just say, oh, isn't this hooklid? Yeah. You know, okay. uh, you can realize that we are in the middle of doing something that's really cozy and, the appreciation and, and of feel the good. Feel good. You know? yeah. So sometimes it just comes to you that you realize that you are actually doing it without having planned it. But when you do plan it, then you have to make space for it. And I, I would say... Uh, an, an evening where you have planned to do some hygge with some good friends, you can't do that in less than two or three hours. That's how long it takes, at least. Actually, you, have you don't be, have to have a time when it no closes. There's no time limit. No. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Anything else that you would add to you know, lighting the candles, putting your stew on? You also mentioned that you notice when it is there, sort of noticing that feel good. You also said that you will create that time. Anything else you'd add to that? I think what, what's embedded in Hugo is that Danish mentality of humility, in a way, of not expecting too much. So if you want to understand Hugo and, and do Hugo, then the first thing is don't expect too much, right? So just get together and don't have any big plans or big hopes for that. Oh, this is going to be so and so good. We're going to get all this out of it. Mm. No, that's not what it's about. Just, you know, chill out and, and see what happens. And go with the flow and see see what happens from being less pushy. And just appreciate the small things. That's, I think, maybe the key to 
that happiness that we talk about that the Danes surprisingly have because we don't understand ourselves how it is that we come up that high. I think it's because of two things. And the other word, apart from this thing about humility and not expecting too much, the other word that's really important in the Danish culture is trust. Mm. And that again relates to Hugo. You cannot do anything close to Hugo if you don't trust the people you do it with. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a very close feeling of togetherness and that's why it's usually done with family or really close friends you yeah. cannot do hygge at your you know company yes you could you could pretend yeah. but it wouldn't be the real thing okay. you, uh, you know in a work environment and so on that's not possible it's gathering your people yeah yeah your, your tribe your tribe yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for adding that in too because i think that's they talk about the chapters that you can sort of create that in the workplace and things like that but it also say mick says that it's hard to get into the Danish culture like often they don't want to let you into their tribe not intentionally but because you can't be trusted until they know you yeah yeah this is something very deep in Danish culture yeah that that it it, uh, of course it takes a lot of uh, time in a way to to gain trust yeah and then once the trust is there, that's sort of, that's and that's yeah. what keeps society together, and that's what makes people feel relaxed. Yeah. When you can trust each other, you yeah. you are more relaxed. So then, on a final note, what um, we do in my book club is we have key takeaways. So you've said it is about trust. It's about taking away expectations. You know, for us to make a practice of this in our culture for the my book club and for the listeners, how do we do this? Uh, yeah. First of all, don't please don't make, for instance, a formal invitation on paper where that you send out to your friends and say, <laughs> on Saturday, please come for some hygge. I guess we've because got a what not to do. <laughs> that, that's, because that is not what hygge is about. It would yeah. never be like a party that you can say, now we're going to do this party in the hygge style. Yeah. It's not how it works. Yeah. Don't because it's not authentic. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So hygge is always something informal and close and personal. So I think number one advice would be to don't try to push it up on the pedestal as something that you can organize. It has to come more casual, more private and more personal. That's that's really important. Yeah, because if it's like, well, you must come over for a feel good time and it must be on this date and it must, and then you're like, this seems like a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, so, so I think it's about, you know, a word like chilling out is, is yeah. actually nice. That is more like the style of what we're talking about. Yeah. So would you like to come over? We don't have any special plans. We're just going to chill out this afternoon. That's how you, you would maybe open up for something instead yeah. of saying the word hygge. But then it could <laughs> become really hygge. The last thing I wanted to say is you mentioned that you'll be having this moment. You go, oh, this is hygge That's basically like, oh, hey, this is a good moment. I'm appreciating everybody, which we know with, say, the concept of gratitude, that that gratitude, once you say it out loud and other people, it sort of has that reciprocity effect. And I think that's, I think he must mention it, but that's a really lovely takeaway point that if you are having a wonderful time and you value the people that you're with and you love them to say, hey, isn't this lovely? It's very often said in a text message after two people had been together or a little group had been together, you would write them back and say, oh, that was so hugely. Yeah. You know, that's and that's a big compliment. Exactly. And then if you don't say it, then it's like, oh, crikey, next time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be here at 5 (laughs) a.m. But uh, compliments for your interest, uh, first of all, and also to the way you, that you pronounce it now because I can hear that you really catch it. <laughs> I'm going to keep practicing So that's great, Sarah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And thanks so much for coming on and explaining, I guess, how to say well, the word, what it means, and how we can go about doing it in a really slow, authentic way. Thank you so much. Pleasure. <laughs>
I can't easily express in words how wonderful it was to sit beside Mick and discuss this simple yet profound way of being that is Hygge. Mick covered the essence of the book beautifully. I mean, there is a whole section in the book just on light, and hearing Mick say, it starts with a little light, and a lot of cold, and a lot of darkness. It evokes quiet optimism, a flicker that things will be okay. As you can imagine, almost everyone in the book club made note of suddenly really noticing the light in their spaces, whether the comment was, well, I've been lighting candles, or I have been embracing the slow and warm and inviting. April especially loved the quote, Hygge is charged with a strong orientation and commitment towards experiencing and savouring the present moment. So much of the essence of Hygge is a way of being with what is and making the most of it. I personally found both reading the book and then discussing everything Hygge with Mick so intriguing as there sort of seemed to be this duality there of, well, we carve out time and then we make effort to ensure the space is right and we're really specific about what falls into the realm of Hygge. But on the other hand, we have no or low expectations. We let time unravel. It's slow and completely without pretense. It seems that the things that sort of pull those oppositions towards each other are togetherness, trust and humbleness. Gemma said, we know these hygge feelings, but when they are conceptualized, it gives a specific guide, a guide of how to create the space, value the moments more and foster what feels inherently good. Kirsty said, hygge is like coziness for the soul. And I'm not sure there's a closer translation of Hygge into English that I've read. Thank you, Kirsty. So what are some of the ways we've been upping coziness for our souls since reading the little book of Hygge? April has been recognising those times in her everyday life that lean into Hygge and prioritising the trip she does with her best mates that naturally embody it. Sophie has been making small changes with lighting. And again, really leaning into those family and friend events that promote the cosy togetherness that is Hygge. Gemma has said she has noticed times where her family has already embedded rituals, where she could just infuse a little Hygge, and is taking more time to create and embrace the moment she is together with her loved ones. For myself, as someone who loves everything sunshine and generally recoils from the cold and the dark, the little book of Hygge has become a survival guide for me. It is a reminder that a flicker of light always remains, that darkness isn't all bad, and that cuddling close with those you love and trust really is the epitome of a life well lived. In a world where loneliness is at pandemic proportions, and we often feel more disconnected than ever, Hygge may be just what we need. A gentle nudge towards being human together again. And now how about we move into our mini meditation? I've written variations of this one for a few clients. I guess you could call it the care and comfort meditation. This is a visualisation meditation, so it will require eyes to turn down or close. 
if you are driving, pulling over for a few minutes to practice or pressing pause until you can carve out a few minutes later would be wise. If you are walking or doing another task at the same time, consider finding a place to perch. Just pause for a short while. So shall we start by turning down the lighting by lowering our gaze or closing down our eyes if you feel so inclined? Let's find our three deep belly breaths. Inhale deeply. Exhale fully. Deep belly breath in. And long, slow breath. Inhaling. And exhaling. Can you bring to mind the space or place you feel most relaxed, most at ease? Can you imagine what it feels like physically in this space? Do you lie or sit back? How do you find yourself in this space? Can we sink into that feeling? Is there softness around you? What is the light like? Or is there no light? Willing body to feel the warmth of this space. The ease you experience in the moments you are in this place. How do you breathe here? Is it relaxed? Longer? Looser maybe? Are there others with you or are you nestled up in the pleasure of your own company? What does it feel like to be in this space? Keep noticing body and breath and just be here. Mind on your comforts, your personal cosy. Can you just take a moment to appreciate that this space exists in your real life? Those people and things that make your existence feel good. Let's find three more deep belly breaths. Breathing in deeply. Exhaling fully. Inhale. See your exhale all the way to the end. Inhale deeply. Hold at the top and a little thank you to yourself just for practicing. Exhale. 
eyes may begin to flutter open. And here we are. We have arrived. So if you feel like you would like to read Mike's book, The Little Book of Hoog, click on the link in the show notes to purchase. I would highly recommend having it on hand for those first few dark weeks into autumn. Otherwise, the library is my golden oldie favourite way to procure a good read. Thank you for your precious time over these last few minutes. I sincerely hope it's been worthwhile. And a huge thank you again to Mick Aked for his generous time and earnest mind. A side note from today, if you think you would like to be a part of our little Our Mind book club, all you need to do is email me. The email should be in the show notes with the subject line Our Mind Book Club. This will lead you to getting the intel on the book of the month so you can read it prior. You will also be a part of the brain trust of thoughts and key takeaways of the books and receive automatic links to the episodes as they drop and lots of other fun bonuses too. So come on, come and join the club. You know you want to. Also, if you've enjoyed the last few minutes or found it interesting or useful, please subscribe. I'm off to make a hot coffee with a big slice of cake for good hoog in measure. Until next time, take care and may you make your mind intentionally. A final note, I do need to give credit where credit is due. The little voice singing in the outro is my sweet daughter, Frida Jean. So thank you, Frida, for being a ball of sunshine, for sharing your wonder with us and for signing off our podcast in the most beautiful way. Our mind in sunshine today. Our mind in sunshine. You'll be together again. 